Cain offered what he thought was appropriate. We see a lot of people offering what they think is appropriate, but God did not accept his offering. was more cunning, which means manipulating, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Someone say lie. Lie. No, that's not what God said. Thank you very much. Thank you for twisting the words of God. Anytime the enemy wants to get you to you, he'll twist the words of God. He'll also twist you one another's words. When the enemy tries to cause division, he's going to twist your words. He's going to tell somebody, you said this. Did they really do that? No. There's a little bit of truth, but the rest is twisted. It's called perversion. It's called deception, which is at hand. Let's turn to Genesis 2. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So right here we see the instruction of the Lord, right? We hear, we saw, we, we all heard it, what the Lord was saying. He is saying you can actually eat of every tree of the garden, but, of this, but don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because when you do eat of that tree, you will surely die. And, and spiritually first, there was a spiritual death that occurred first, and this is what he was referring to. But over in Genesis 3, 1, he says to, the serpent says right here, he says, did God really say you shall not eat? from every tree of the garden, right? Manipulation. Immediately we are introduced right here to someone who's twisting what God really did say and calls it God's will. People will manipulate and twist what God really say and then call it God's will. They'll use scripture against you. They'll use the Bible against you. And some of them really know their Bible pretty well, but they use it in a form of deception and it's called white witchcraft called deception. It's a twisting of truth. It's called perversion. Perverting what is right, what is good, and what is pure. Amen. Nadab and Abihu, two of Aaron's sons, did similar things. When they offered unto the Lord what they wanted instead of what God wanted. This is the key right here. Offering unto the Lord what God wants to receive versus what people want to to give, say profane fire. Profane. Not happening here. Amen. Profane fire is irreverent. It's irreverent to what is holy. It is disrespecting truth, yet calling it truth. Somebody needs to hear what I'm saying here tonight. The definition of profane fire is something not valued or sacred. It's unbiblical. Uh, it's when you don't value something that is sacred. Um, it's unbiblical. It's not being respectful. Uh, it's be not being holy. It's, it's being irreverent. Those are just some of the words that I would use to describe what is profane fire. Aaron had four sons. Two of them offered profane fire and they died. When they died, they, they also, their legacy, their heritage, everything stopped with them. Like they, they didn't get to go forth and have seed that would even leave a legacy. Everything stopped. Profane fire. You do not want. You know, in our church, we're talking about the fire of God, the fire of God. Church, you need to understand the kind of fire that we're talking about. We're not talking about profane fire. That is not of God. Right? So, okay, we're... 
Aaron and his sons. They were priests. First of all, it's important that we all know that they were priests. Aaron was a priest, so were his sons. And they had been consecrated to the Lord. It, this is important that you understand this. Don't let somebody that appears holy externally deceive you. They were priests. They were consecrated to God. Yet his own sons exercised their own will above the will of God. So the first kind of fire, profane fire, which leads to death. Numbers 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. Now these are the records of Aaron and Moses when the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. And these are the names of the sons of Aaron. Nadab, the firstborn, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, the anointed priests whom he consecrated to minister as priests. They were set apart. In other words, they should have known better. That's verses 1 through 3, right? Okay. So now let's go over to Leviticus 10. The Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and put incense on it and offered profane fire. Sometimes you'll hear it as strange fire. Offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, but those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And people, it says, and before all the people, I must be glorified. This is the word of the Lord. We must serve God and we must reverence God and understand that we, gotta, we have to do things God's way, right? The Lord had not commanded them to do what they did in the way that they did it. Say there's order in the kingdom and the way we do something is actually very important. God wants us to walk in holiness, church, in holiness. In other words, we are to reverence him. We are to do it his way, not our way. And if we don't know what that is, then it's our job to find out. It is our job to be, to be educated, to open up the word and understand, right? It's important. If it's important to God, it should be important to you. It should be important to us. Look at Cain. Cain offered what he thought was appropriate. Especially in our culture, people think this is fine. God will understand. It's a new day. It's a new generation. You know, God is going to be okay with this. No, he's not. If it's not in his word and if contrary things are written in the word, then he's not going to be okay with it. Cain offered what he thought was appropriate. We see a lot of people offering what they think is appropriate, but God did not accept his offering. His offering was a, you know, a fruit of the ground. And so he thought, well, this is what I do. Surely God's going to accept what I do. This is what I do. No, you need to do what God tells you to do. You need to offer what God tells you to offer. Abel met the requirements. It's about meeting the requirements. Somebody say, I'm going to meet the requirements. <laughs> Abel met the requirements and he was accepted. You read this in Genesis 4, 3. If you just want to write it down, you can. That's fine. We know the requirements are that we walk holy before God. God wants to give you an abundant life. He wants to give you a prosperous life. He wants to bless you with 
you know, beyond your wildest imaginations, but there is an order and we must understand. We don't just do what everybody's doing. Hey, your friend calls you and they say this, this, and this is the latest thing. Let's go here. Let's go watch this. Let's go hear this band. Let's go to this. Let's go to this concert. You know, even the things that, I, you know, you hear sometimes today, even in social medias about concerts and about music, right? And people running to these outdoor concerts that there are demonic, literally, literally, like statues, it's like this altar of Satan himself, a big huge skull, and everyone running into it because they know the name of this band, and instead they're running right into death, but they don't see it. They're running literally into the hand of Satan. Is anybody understanding what I'm talking about, right? What they're doing is they're invoking demons. When you run into that kind of, when you run with that, when you flow with that, when you do these types of things, you're literally invoking demonic spirits. We even just, and during ministry time, we talked about beads, we talked about uh, crystals and rocks and, you know, energy healing and Reiki healing. You're invoking demons to come to you. You don't want that. Absolutely not. Right? So Cain offered what he thought was appropriate. And even we had a testimony, they didn't know. They didn't know, right? Sometimes they just don't know. But when your eyes are open to the truth, we're accountable to doing right. So, you know, Cain offered what he thought was appropriate, but God did not accept his offering. An animal sacrifice was what Abel offered, a blood sacrifice. But Cain offered a bloodless sacrifice. Bloodless. Now we understand something that Jesus came and he offered and he shed his own blood, right? Without the sacrifice, the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. That means there's no forgiveness of sins without the, and he's our ultimate example, right? So he's saying Cain and Abel, two examples. One wanted to do it his own way and he said, listen, if you do it my way, don't you think I'm going to accept you? Because he was angry. Why is God not accepting my offering? Why is he accepting my brother's offering, right? We must do it God's way. We must, and when we don't understand, we submit to God's way. Say, even when I don't understand, I'm going to submit to God's way. That's beautiful in God's sight. That's pure in God's sight. Because we do serve a generation today that'll say, well, you know what? That can be your religion, your toxic religion. But you know what? I do love God and I pray to God, but I don't believe X, Y, and Z in the Bible. Well, then you either take it all or you don't. You can't hand pick out of the Bible what you want to follow and leave the rest because you don't believe it. It's all truth, and you've got to abide by the whole thing, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, they'll call you haters, but that's okay. You've got to speak up for truth. Psalm 51, 16 and 17 says, For you will not delight in sacrifices. And this is what we have a generation. People of God, we've got to be on our hands and on our knees in prayer. Because we have a generation of children that think that they can do whatever they want to do, and that God's going to be okay with it. But I'll tell you right now, God says, you know, for you will not delight in sacrifices, this is in Psalm 51, 16 and 17, or I would have given it to you. You will not be pleased with the burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. That's the sacrifice. Let the broken heart sing. Let the broken heart cry out unto God. That's a good sacrifice. Don't try to make your own way. In other words, don't think you're going to make your own way and it's going to be okay. No, we got to come the right way. See, there's order in the kingdom and I'm going to fulfill that rightful order. First Samuel 15, 22. Has the Lord as great delight 
in does he have delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as in or as in obeying the voice of the Lord so to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams so what that means is God saying listen even when you don't understand do it my way I'm God I'm the creator I'm the creator of heaven and earth I already know the end from the beginning and I only have the best for you so even when you don't understand do it my way don't give me this I'll make it right later I'll sacrifice something and I'll make it right mm -mm. that's not the kind of sacrifice that God wants to receive but he wants to receive your obedience so this is really important because we don't want to offer to God mixture remember the 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 uh, the profane fire we don't want to offer to God mixture that means our hearts our hearts have to be full of truth Aaron's sons were full of mixtures e mixture even though they were f they were priests and because they, they tried to do their own will unto the Lord so that is when we're talking about the fire of God because I had somebody even ask me that one time they were like their eyes opened up when I was saying oh the fire of God the fire of God and they're like oh my gosh they thought we were talking about the profane fire that's not what we're talking about that's a, a fire of compromise and a fire of mixture that's a that's a fire that you're saying I don't know the will of God but I'm gonna be flippant and do whatever you know or, or maybe I do know the will of God but I want to do what I want to do that's obstinance and that's arrogance and that is not of God and we're not talking about that we that's not the kind of fire we're talking about I don't think anybody in this room would misunderstand that but I just want you to know no, there are different kinds of fire amen? amen the second kind of fire is the fire of direction sometimes God will use fire in order to get you going in the right direction we know this because we've been studying the book of Exodus Moses was given direction through God who appeared in the fire in the bush right in Exodus 3 2 we can put that scripture up maybe Exodus 3 2 and then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it was like the flames, it didn't burn up. Why? Because God was speaking to him and actually God called to him out of that bush. So out of the fire, God was speaking, he was giving him direction. He was giving him direction. Sometimes you'll feel the fire of God just even on you. You'll feel that burning sensation of the love of God. God speaking to you. He's giving you direction. Listen and heed the word of the Lord because God wants to move you in ways of his spirit that you would have never even understood before because you had not experienced that kind of fire. The fire of direction. Making sense so far? Say amen. Amen. The third kind of fire is fire that destroys your enemies and then fights for you. The fire that destroys your enemies. Did you know that there was this? There, I found seven, and I'm sure there's a lot more, but seven kinds of fire. The fire that destroys your enemies and then it fights for you. Let's look at, let's look at 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Yeah, this is, this is powerful. 1 Kings 18. The God who answers by fire. 1 Kings 18, 22, starting in verse 22. And then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. He says, get two bulls for us, 
Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. And then he says, and I will prepare the other bull and I will put it on the wood, but I'm not going to set fire to it. And then you call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of my God. And we're going to see who really is God because the God who answers by fire, he is God. And so for hours, for six hours, you know, they did what they did. They had their altar built and they cried out to their false God. They cried out to, to Baal. They did all kinds of crazy, ridiculous things, cutting themselves and yelling and screaming and looking like fools. And their God said nothing. Their God was silent. But then he said, okay, okay, well, well, maybe, maybe your God is busy. Maybe your God is sleeping. Maybe your God had to go on a bathroom break. Maybe there's something going on with your God, but he's clearly not listening to you. Come on now. It's true. And so he said, my turn. And you know what he did though? He set his altar up, right? But he made it harder. In other words, it wasn't even even. He went and poured water on that altar. He went and poured water on that altar. So we all know that water does not catch on fire. But this altar was a little different. When Elijah prayed, oh God, let the fire come down from heaven and consume this burnt offering. The fire came down from heaven and consumed that burnt offering and consumed the whole thing. Even the dust, the rocks, it consumed it all. It's powerful, incredible. The God who answers by fire. The God who answers by fire. And then what happened? You know, some of those people went running. People died. People went running. Why? Because the fire that destroys your enemy is the fire that's going to keep you safe. That's why. The fire that destroyed your enemy is the fire that's fighting for you. And you got to know this. You got to know that that's the kind of fire. Say, Lord God, you see what they're doing. Lord God, you see the, 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 the obstinance and the arrogance and the defiance, Lord God, to your word. Lord, let the fire of God remove the scales from their eyes. Lord, let the fire of God just pierce through and break their hearts with the things that break your heart, Lord God. Do you pray for the fire of God to come and destroy the assignments of the enemy? You're not praying for God to destroy the individual. You're praying the assignments of the enemy to be destroyed by the fire of God. You have to know how to pray. Fire of protection, Isaiah 43. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the waters, and it says, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Sometimes you got to walk through the fire. Sometimes you don't just get to go around the fire. Sometimes you don't just get to look at the fire from a distance and say, well, I'm so glad that I didn't have to go through that fire. Sometimes you have to go through the fire. But even when you have to go through the fire, the Bible says you shall not be burned. God's promising you a promise that you've got to hang on to, that no matter what, you have tenacious faith. You will not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Does, is God a liar? Does God ever lie? No. no. Does he change his mind? No. So if God has already said this, can you take this and own this and walk this out? Yeah. 
Sometimes you feel the fires all around you of adversity. Sometimes you feel the fire of people gossiping and manipulating and being against you in every way. And that's okay. You feel that fire because there's an internal fire of the love of God that is far supersedes anything anybody can do to you. And you got to know that. So you're going to walk through that fire and know that you will not be burned. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying to them, is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? That you do not serve my gods? Uh, yeah, hello, we're not going to serve the gods of Baal, not even in this age, not even in this era, because they are there still. We're not serving those gods of Baal, right? Okay, so it says, wait, hello, is this really true? You're not going to serve my gods? You're not going to worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time that you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, you know, the, all these different instruments, it says, fall down. Fall down and worship the image which I have made good. Wow. You know, but this does happen nowadays. People do worship these idols that are made with human hands. Uh, and tell, they tell them, worship this, worship this. And they do. And you shouldn't. He says, but if you do not worship, you will be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fire, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Anytime somebody says something similar to you like that, let's see if your God can help you out now. Let's see what kind of power your faith in God is. Well, really? I don't think God's going to come through for you. And they mock you. And they scorn you. And they say all these things about your God. Well, let them. Let them. Because you know what? They're not coming against you. They're coming against your God. And God knows how to win every contest. Every contest. He has never lost a battle and he never will. Never. He's never lost a battle and he never will. Even when Satan thought he had him defeated, he still did not have him defeated. Satan was defeated. He was cast out of heaven. He took the third of the angels with him. He is the one that was defeated. He had a position of glory, but did not know how to hold it. He had a position of honor, but pride crept in his heart and he fell. And when he fell, it took others with him. But that's not going to be you. Because you believe in the God who answers by fire. You believe in the God who answers by fire. Meshach and Abednego, they said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Excuse me, we don't need to answer you in this matter. In other words, this there's no sweat on my back. I'm not worried about this. You think you're going to throw me in that burning fiery furnace and I need to be concerned? Because let me tell you, even if whether God saves me and rescues me from this or not, whether God turns that story around or not, whether God saves that child or rescues that child or not, will you say the king of glory is who I glorify? Will you say no matter what, I will give you my all? Will you or will you only say as long as things turn out the way I was praying and hoping? Because now again, you want your will. We've got to have sold out tenacious Christianity. I want the will of God and that's it. Which means I'm going to serve you on your terms, Lord, not mine. And it's hard to say sometimes until you finally get over that point where you're ready, you've surrendered it all, and then it doesn't become hard anymore. So in other words, giving someone up that is rebel is, is just bent 
bent on going in their own way. And I don't mean giving them up by for, like not praying for them, but I mean, uh, but I mean surrendering them to God and say, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to worship you. I, I'm not going to allow this thing to devastate me, no matter what the choices are. But I'm going to pray till Jesus comes. Oh, I'm going to pray till Jesus comes. That's for sure. But I'm not going to allow that spirit to get me down. I'm not going to allow that spirit to determine my destiny. My destiny is in Christ. Is yours? My destiny is in Christ, which means I serve the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He already has what's best for me, and he's actually causing me to walk it out. He's causing you to walk it out. Verse 17. If that's the case, they said, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O King. He says, but if not, let it be known to you. In other words, I'm going to speak this right here, right now, before the trial. Before the trial, before you throw me into that fiery furnace, before the trial, I'm going to speak this right here, right now. Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods. Do we have fiery Christians here that are going to say, I will not serve the gods of Baal? Nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Well, of course, the king was furious and he turned the fire seven times hotter. Fire. Any fire you may be in, Jesus is there with you. The fourth man in the fire, don't you be fearful of the fires around you. Don't you be fearful of what may, may come. People go, oh, I don't know. Are we ever going to get back to normal? Is this ever going to change? What about next year? What about the school? What about this? What about that? Stop. Speak today. Where are you at? Decree the will of God today. Don't allow the what ifs of tomorrow to get you down. There is a fourth man in the fire. He is with you. His name is Jesus. And you do not have to fear. For God says, fear not, for I am with you. Fifth kind of fire. Refiner's fire. We get refined through the fire of adversity. First Peter 1.7. Yeah. Our faith needs to be tested so that the genuineness of our faith can be proven. Proven more precious than gold. More precious than gold. Do you want your faith to be so proven? That means it has to be tested. And as it's tested, it's more precious than gold. God says, I want you to be proven through the refiner's fire that what you have left is the purity of God's heart. That's what remains within you. Your faith has been tested. And when your faith has been tested and you rise up in the beauty and in the holiness of God, there is nothing that's going to be able to get you down. No assignment, no spirit, no demonic agenda. Uh -uh, because you've actually walked through it already. And you've already seen the God, you've already seen the God who has rescued through it all. You've seen his hand. You've seen his power. You have witnessed it. How many of you witnessed it already in this room? We have witnessed the power of God. So don't be afraid of the refiner's fire. The refiner's fire is, Lord, forgive me. I want my heart to line up with yours. So forgive me. See that attitude? Forgive me, Lord. I want to walk Christ's life. walk in the power, but they don't want to walk in the purity. So you can't walk in the power of God if you're not walking in the purity of God. You have to walk in the purity if you want to walk in the power. But it goes in that order. Purity first before power. People go, oh, I just want to walk in the power. I'll kind of work on that later. No, you won't. Because it'll be false. It'll be false power. Then we're going to go back to that, that very first kind of fire that we talked about. Remember the profane fire? We're going to go right back there. We don't want that kind of fire. We don't want that.